When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hello, hello. How's it going, Nadia? Oh, man, Lon. I'm just devastated. Devastated? Because we just watched the last episode of Hot D. Oh, <laughs> 2024, you say? 2024. (laughs) It's all hanging there. But yeah, I was going to say too, and this might be a bit too late for our listeners. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast. Come for the 90 Day Fiancé content, but stay for the hot D. For the hot D. (laughs) Uh, All right. Shall we get started with Summit and uh, Jenny? having a, another attempt at reconciling with his family members only for his mom to send her sister instead, I guess. Big surprise. They didn't fucking show up. <laughs> like, what did you expect, Sumit? <laughs> Come on. And I mean, I, I feel bad. I and mean, I feel bad because Sumit, this is his fault. And I tweeted about it for y'all that don't follow Twitter. Follow Twitter, 90 Day Fiance WTF. I think Sumit is going to be forever unhappy because mm-hmm. he's tried to make everybody else happy. Happy, yeah. He's either pleasing Jenny or he's trying to please his family. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that he can have it both ways. And maybe in time he can, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. And I think he needs to focus right now since he he committed to Jenny. He needs to focus on that and nourish on that. Now, like he's trying to please his family so much that he's going to have a kid because he thinks the kid will make it better. And I'm just like, that's not that's not that's, the answer, bro. That's not the answer. Right, right. He don't got the answer, Sway. <laughs> oh, man. And I don't even want to talk about that guy. But and he's going to be unhappy for a very long time if, if he keeps this up. Mm. Can we touch on... And I'm not sure if people have brought this up. I've yet to read the forums, but it's always fascinating for me how other societies view marriage and relationship because to them, procreation is top priority. And that's the message that's being drilled into him too, right? By his aunt and his uh, brother and sister-in-law is that it's not that they don't approve the relationship because she's a foreigner. I think the age plays a factor and it comes across as ages, but really all they care about is whether or not she can bear a child. They keep saying that. They keep saying that. She can't have kids. Yeah. And I think that's the society that he's in. You know, that's his parameters is that he's unfortunately living in a society where procreation is what a family is about. You don't get married and just be merrily happily together just the two of you 
because your parents expect that procreation part of it. They expect grandchildren. I feel sorry that I don't know why Sumit thinks he can have it both ways. He talks a, a good game too. He's like, "Well, we can adopt. We can have a surrogate or whatever." It's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's trying to downplay it, and I'm like, "Sumit, we can guarantee you, Jenny's not in this mm. to procreate with you. She just wants to chill." All right. She loves and, you, but she wants to chill. And even if they adopted or whatever. Was that his brother? That's his brother and his yeah. brother's wife, right? Yeah. They make a good point, right? They're like, when you go to work, she ain't going to try to be babysitting no kids. Like, yeah, she's old. She's like retired or whatever. Like, and again, not trying to be ages. She's not trying to take care of no kids at her age. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I understand that argument too, but you're right. Like they did make a point that like, she can't have kids. She's not trying to take care of kids. It really is about, whether you can have kids and you can continue the family's bloodline or whatever. Right? Yeah. And also, do you get the sense that the family's also concerned about his future, as in who's going to take care of him and mm. the kid? Because given that Jenny is much older, and this is facts of life, right? Unless Sumit goes before Jenny. I mean, Jenny is at that age where she's clearly older. So I guess naturally people assume, okay, well, Sumit will have more to live. So who's going to take care of him during the time when he needs to be taken care of? And I keep hearing it from them is that that's the other reason why they don't approve of this marriage with Jenny. And it does come across as ages. Don't get me wrong. It does. But the reasons are not discriminatory, if that makes sense. It's more of like, well, what about Sumit's? future and his ability to carry on his name, his family name and his bloodline. But did you catch the part where Sumit actually says he doesn't want to have kids during the confessional interview? Yes. So yep. I'm like, why is he promising his family? Yeah. <laughs> that he will. And then he said he didn't, but then he's like, well, we can adopt. And we... no, you just said <laughs> you I'm said confused. you didn't want to have. Yeah. And this goes back to what I'm saying. He's not doing things for himself. Right. He's not doing the things that want to make him happy. Mm. He's trying to please other people. And he's going to be very unhappy if he keeps it up like this. Right. Once you realize you can't please everyone and you do consider your happiness first, mm -hmm. then you're like, okay, you can free yourself from so much. And yeah, you're going to hurt people along the way. But guess what? Ultimately, it's your life yes. to live. You're the one that's going to have to be unhappy. How long are you going to be unhappy then? Yeah. And I think he said it in an earlier season when he was arguing with them. What mm. about my happiness? You know, mm. and how about me? And I liked that cement, right? When he was fighting, you see glimpses of it when he's like, I was already married and it didn't bring me happiness. And right now I'm happy. So I see those glimpses of it. And then when he's trying to please his parents and then he says, well, we can get a kid after telling us he doesn't want one. It's like, what are you doing, man? You, he's you really... bad at brokering this deal. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. And that's why I feel bad for the guy. Like he really is stuck in between pleasing two parties right now. Yeah. Think of yourself. I mean, you already made the commitment. Go all in. Mm. Go all in. You already made the commitment. Go yeah. all in. And, yep. and go and work that out. 
yeah, there's going to be cultural differences. Work that out. You know what I mean? You're married to Jenny now and whatever arguments, disagreements, differences that you two have, work that out. Yeah. Let your parents work out their issues. You know, I get it. I understand. We all love our parents. Most of us. <laughs> I know some people that don't have a great relationship with their parents. But those of us who do, we, we do care. And it doesn't help when our siblings are telling us or our other relatives, our aunts are telling us she looks crazy. The look in her eyes right now looks distant or whatever, you know, then putting the guilt trip on him and stuff like that. Obviously, that doesn't help. Yeah. But you're going to have to shut all that noise out and focus on yourself. Yeah. I mean, like I always say before, right? Submit needs to commit. Submit needs to commit. Right, right, right. <laughs> that's it right there. That's right the, there. That's the, Put that's it in the, a t-shirt. That's all it right there. Yeah. Up. All right. We're going from a couple who's unsure about whether they're going to have a kid to a couple who definitely wants to have a kid, but only one of them is very mm. sure. And the other is just trying to avoid it at all costs. And I think we all know who I'm talking about. I even tweeted about how Bilal is probably very happy that, you know, it's because Ramadan. it's Ramadan. <laughs> and um, When is Ramadan again? Ramadan is every ninth month of the Islamic mm. calendar year. So I think during the year that they filmed, and I'm guessing it's probably earlier this year, it fell in April, mm. I want to say, because I remember Eid was in May. So if it was this year, then it's in April. And then next year, it's going to be May, April. It moves because we follow the moon. Uh, so yeah, like fun fact, as a Muslim, I can definitely say Ramadan is one of those very holy months for Muslims. And it's when you don't partake in the sex. And his face lit up too when he I was know. saying that. <laughs> we don't blah, 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 blah. And then I forgot what he's, how he said an intimacy. Or, I forget how he worded it, but yeah. like his face all lit up and he was smiling. I was, his this eyes, guy, bro. He, his <laughs> eyes lit up, but he was trying to keep a poker yeah. face. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, well, yeah, you know this is the time when we uh, get closer to God. Or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy man he's probably like Whew, yeah this is a break for me no more talking about <laughs> sex and babies and yeah but let me tell you what i'm offended by when it comes to bilal and surprise surprise i'm offended by him every episode it turns out but i don't like how he's trying to hint to shaida that through the sister because the sister had a kid at age 43 that it's never too late right and i'm like Dude, you cannot project someone else's timetable onto your wife. If your wife wants to have kids now because that's how she feels about it, like she feels strongly about having it when she can, when she wants to, then don't try to convince her to put it off just because someone you know is able to have kids later on. Right. I don't think that's fair. And their biology is completely different. Exactly. Like, was your sister told by a professional that, hey, you have a 5% chance because your egg supply is low? Like, it's not even the same fucking thing. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I was just, so, I was like, this guy, dude. Y'all went to a professional who said this. The blood mm -hmm. work was there, right? Yeah. It's a completely different circumstance. And he's trying to apply. You already know, right? It is frustrating. It is. My thing, though, and this is the only time, one of the few times I'll fault Shaida is, and I think we've all been there when people try to put us on the spot in front of others. 
And to do it in front of his family is, makes it even more awkward. I can kind of see, I think like he kind of got up and left. I kind of felt him on that because I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't put my wife through that. I wouldn't put my friends through that. Maybe when I was younger and I was trying to be, you know, passive aggressive and just put somebody on the spot like that. And she did that. She did do that. She can said she recap- was going to what she did to make him walk away yeah so she basically brought up having a baby in front of the family to see if he would maybe set a date or commit yeah like oh and maybe we'll have a baby yeah and now you're putting him in a position in front of, yeah in front of his family to say something you know but and didn't his mom ask first and she answered in that way I forgot because I thought the mom said something like, hey, do you guys have any plans or something along that line? And then she inserted, okay, maybe exactly. that was, yeah. She took the opportunity. She used that as an opportunity to slide that in. Yeah. And she even said that she was going to do it too. And I was like, that's not going to go over well, mm. you know? And yeah, yeah, there are just some things that I think you keep between you and your partner And then when you start to air it out like that, it's just, for me at least, it's not a good look. I understand too that she's really trying to get him to commit to this. Mm-hmm. And he he shot her down, right? For yeah. the most part. She has a pattern. Do you notice that? She has the pattern of like using a public forum to... Yeah. You did. You said that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. said that in another episode where yeah, because she seems did to find her voice there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like she found her voice during the tell-all. She did that with the... Gynae, remember, mm-hmm. or the fertility specialist. You're It's so like right. any, yeah, anytime there's a third party, she has that courage to like broach the topic. Yeah. But if it's just between the two of them, I think she knows she'll lose because, you know, he's always gaslighting her as we all know it. So right. I can understand why she did that. But yeah, it's obviously in front of his parents, in front of his family, his extended family was there too. It's like maybe not the best time to talk about something sensitive and clearly she knows that it's not the kind of topic that he wants to comment not not only that but didn't she bring it up with them before and they seem to side with him i don't think she's winning any fans from him over to her side i think she did that maybe it wasn't even about the baby at one point but she did bring something up and i want to say it's about the wedding right yeah i forgot what it was Instead of getting the reaction she was looking for, they ended up siding with him. And I think yeah. everybody was like talking about it like, what? And they, oh, it was, I think it was the house. Oh, yeah. I think it was the house. The she prank. said, oh, well, he tried to play a prank. And we thought they'd be like, Bilal. But instead, they, <laughs> they were on his side. Yeah. It's, you're not winning any points for yourself by doing this. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see that. All right, Lon, this is all you because I totally shut off whenever Usman and Kimberly, oh. <laughs> Kimbali comes on screen. I mean, I'm not, not, not a fan, but like, well, I am not really quite a fan, but I think it's basically the continuation of the family discussion and how they see the bull. <laughs> I still can't believe it's a bull <laughs> as a bribery. Right. And she's like, oh, can I say something? Can I say something? And... I guess she got shut down. And then I remember Usman being very harsh with her because she was like, nope, I'm not going to become your second wife. I didn't come all the way here to be your second wife. And then Usman's like, okay, but you know that I have nothing to lose because I have all this 
harem of women just waiting for me to like pick them. Rich, beautiful, young women in my yeah. DMs. So you're saying I'm ugly? No. And she walked <laughs> but... away. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have quite a few things to say. So this, to me, the huge, huge, huge takeaway mm -hmm. is that she was never about respecting his culture. So here's the thing, right? And here's what Usman was trying to point out. It's not first wife, second wife. It's about having two wives and being able to father a child. Once again, all, procreation. Right. We're all a family, mm -hmm. right? And here's the thing. If Kimberly uh, saw it that way, then she won, right? Because the terms were marry a house, a woman first who can have a child and then do what you want, right? So he can have it and so can she. If she wanted to marry Usman, this is the answer. It's so clear. This is the answer. You can marry him, but he needs to be able to have a, another wife mm -hmm. and that wife can have kids. It's a win. This is what you wanted. The thing is, she's so hung up on status. She's mm. so hung up on being the first. The labels. The she's first, the labels. right. Yeah. And I knew that from the beginning when she was like, Oh, so what? So I'm the first. I'm the first. What about? And she's the second and she's going to think like it's not about that. And he was trying to tell her that like it's not about first or second thing. We're the sister wife. Mm -hmm. That's why the term sister wife, it's a better term. It's a better connotation because it describes better what this is. There isn't this like hierarchy, even yeah. though there are hierarchies and sister wives, right? There is a first wife and a second wife. But if it's a sister wife and you're all on equal footing and you understand that this is the one that's going to give him a child. It's unfortunate you can't, but whatever, you're still married to him. We're good here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then she can have it. But she's just like, I'm not going to be nobody second to anything, blah, 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 blah. Well, then you lost. And the thing is, we like to joke around. People like to joke around. I don't think he's fucking playing. I think he does. I think he does have young, beautiful, rich, perhaps women in his DMs. Like, what are you doing fooling around with this American chick? You got all the love you need here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that his DMs are actually even full of other people, local, not local, hitting him up and saying, yo, what are you doing? She's no good. But you know what? Come holla at me. I don't think he's playing, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's playing. <laughs> I was actually thinking about what he said, right, to the cameras when she walked away. It's harsh, for sure. It's very harsh. It's very pompous of him, for sure. When he but said there's like... She has more to lose. And he oh, has she has all more this. to lose. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also, like you said, Lon, practical. Because like you say, why is he fucking around with this older woman when he could have... He could. And get the family's the... blessing. Yeah. Yeah, that. and yeah, family blessing just like that. A house, a woman, a local, someone in the same state, same maybe not even the same city, same country. Why does he have to trouble himself to like go pursue this? So then I start thinking, damn, this is some scheme that Usman's running, right? Because like you said, he wants the Hausa to carry on with his bloodline, to bear a child for him. But then he still wants to pursue the American dream. So he wants the American dream. Of course. Yeah. So this is the scheme, right? Yeah. So I don't know if this is the end of their happily ever after is over. I'm not sure if this is the last time we'll see of him because it seems that he's 
really pursuing this scheme of mm -hmm. trapping American foreigners. Clearly, he knows the type that would fall for this scheme. It's not your regular American woman who's probably hot and much younger. It's the older one that's willing to pamper him, willing to glaze over everything else. And I hate to say it, desperate perhaps? Perhaps, yeah, desperate. <laughs> I hate to say it too because I think everyone has different reasons, right? Like Kimberly could maybe find someone in San Diego, but she chose you know, someone like him because he's a superstar. He's, he's a superstar. The hip-hop star. He's right? like Michael Jackson. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for that reminder. So yeah, maybe to her it's a fetish. And to him, this is the scheme that he's running. So again, I don't think we'll see the last of Usman because as long as he puts out music, he's going to be back in the 90-day universe trying to promote it in some ways, coupled with some love story about trying to get to the US. Yeah. <laughs> kind of sad. But anyway, speaking of the US, it seems like Yara is scheming her way out of it. <laughs> we see that both her and Jovi finally made it to Prague and it seems like she's planning to stay. Wants to at least. Yeah. But I think to her mom, right? Also, the moms were a big deal, I think, for me in their scenes mm -hmm. this episode. One mom is definitely talking about them staying. And um, Jovi's mom, it was basically her fears coming true. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm afraid they're not going to come back or they're going to want to stay and stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, did they write this into the episode? The puzzle pieces are just way too convenient mm -hmm. that like one mom is worried about that and the other mom's like, what about I be the babysitter? Well, how did they phrase it? Oh, why don't you be her, her nanny or her babysitter or whatever? Yeah, oh, I'll can, gladly I babysit. Do that here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like for new parents, especially music to their ears, right? Like, oh, yeah. daycare? Like babysitter for free? <laughs> Jovi walked right into that one, though. He did. Of course. Why wouldn't she say that? Why wouldn't she say, well, yeah. I can't go to America, but y'all stay here and I'll definitely, yeah. like, I was like, dude, you walked right into that. <laughs> I also think that for him, it's not like a huge loss or it's not a huge deal because think about it. He disappears for a month going somewhere to work. <laughs> so really, it doesn't matter where he's stationed, you know, like, okay, maybe he can periodically go back to the US to visit his family. But with Jovi's type of employment, he can be nomadic. Mm. So, he doesn't have to like chain himself to the US. He can be based out of anywhere as long as he can fly to his wherever his job needs him. Right. Again, like this seems like a scripted forced storyline, obviously. Like I think next episode we see her talking about, hey, we're looking at apartments. Mm. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, obviously yeah. Jovi's gonna kick a fuss about it, but I really don't see like anything that would end their relationship because it's really not a big deal. So my only concern was how would this impact the citizenship and all that stuff? Does that matter? That Yeah, location? that matters. It she does, has huh? to be in the U.S. If she wants to get her permanent green card, she has mm. to prove that she works and live in the U.S. Mm. So mm. she okay. may not be the best choice for her to like just get the green card only for her to go back to Europe and right, live there. Right, right. So that's why I think about it. It's such a bad storyline. Anyway, we've come to the end. 
of our coverage of 90 Day Fiancé Happily Ever After. Lon, what's your WTF moment? Gimbali. It was the final scene. Recap will... it for us. Why is that? So it, it was pretty much everything that I talked about earlier. You can have it. Mm. You can have just what you up. want. You're yeah. just so hung up on this title of being the first. But look, nothing actually changes. Maybe in your head, things are going to change because you don't have this I'm the first status that you want. But mm -hmm. look, you were talking about being okay with having a second wife to him to have a child. Mm -hmm. Then what the fuck is the problem? WTF, right? And mm -hmm. And again, that's something they didn't even work out the details of, because I think she was still complaining about, well, no, I don't want her anywhere near me. She's not coming to America, blah, blah, blah. You're really going to force him to not have his baby mama and his child in America. You just want these two immediate family members, his blood, like in another country. Like if she could just get over this whole thing and actually be able to compromise, yeah. you can have it. You can have it. <laughs> you know, I think that part, but the the whole WTF part for me was her not and losing her shit and all this stuff. It's so unnecessary if you just really think about what exactly here are you losing that you haven't already talked about, Yeah, you know, and said that you would be okay with doing. So again, I knew it. I knew she wasn't really down for this whole second wife thing because if she really was, she would see past all this other bullshit that she's like, you know, has in her head about being the first wife. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I agree. Then again, all this could be made up, right? Because yeah. I, I think about their social media. I just saw a post of her and Usman in Africa, in Nigeria, I'm guessing. And they look happy. They were doing some volunteer work. And I'm like... This is confusing to me. <laughs> like the TV persona and the and social the media socials life. always tell a different story. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, My WTF moment is very softball. It's basically Jovi mocking how if Yara's mom wants to communicate with him, she should learn English. I'm not sure that was fucked that. up. That was yeah, very and the, up. when he was in the back seat. Yeah. How about if you? His, his mom said something about that too, right? Didn't the mom say? say something like Jovi you know what I mean or something she, I think she kind of said something it's probably a light tell-off yeah tell but yeah I think when Jovi said that I'm like oh so typical yeah it was poor taste yeah anyway that's it from us we will be right back with Hot D season finale and we're back <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Lon. How about that House of Dragons season finale? The episode is called The Black Queen. I really liked it for a season finale. I think it really delivered. I had a feeling someone was going to die. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert, but if you haven't seen it by the time this episode is released, you've probably ran into spoilers anyway. Yep. I had a feeling someone was going to die. And then when she made them swear that they were just going to go as messengers, I really I knew. Really knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really knew. Yeah. And then we see Vagar at Baratheon's castle or whatever. And yeah, then I in. really, really, really knew. Yeah. I was like, this is not going to end well. Yep. Yeah. And also I had to watch it a couple of times too long because at first I thought, 
I thought, and I apologize, listeners, if you haven't watched the season finale, stop listening and maybe come back, you know, bookmark this or something. But I'm just going to speak candidly. I thought, is it Luke, right? Yeah. I thought Lucerius was the one who commanded Arax to breathe fire to Vagar. And it turns out that it's not because he lost control. So I think when Eamon came at him with Vagar, you know, in a way to scare, to intimidate, Erex mm-hmm. probably took that as an attack. And so Erex came back through the clouds and breathed fire to Vagar. And obviously, Vagar's like, oh, now it's on, bitch. <laughs> like, right. you know, and Vagar's one of the largest, if not the largest, dragon in this time period. And so when they were up in the clouds above the storms, she actually, Vagar's a female, she mm. came out of nowhere and, yeah. <laughs> and ate the baby dragon. I think if you saw that scene where, you know, when Luke was on uh, Arax and he was trying to fly away, like you didn't know how big his dragon was until Vega was on top. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, oh my God, this is a really huge Massive. ass dragon. Massive, Massive. right? Yeah. Gargantuan. And then that's when you realize, oh yeah, like this dragon can eat the other dragon. Like yeah. this is a baby dragon compared to what Vagar is. Yeah. And you you also notice that Eamon lost control of Vagar because Eamon mm-hmm. was shouting, no, 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 no. Though I'm right. like, he didn't say anything in Valerian because Luke was trying to control Erex by saying in High Valerian, serve me. Yeah. They both say that yeah. in that scene. So you yeah. know that at this point, the dragons are going at each other. Yes. It's not Eamon and, it's and not Luke the, going yeah. at you know, It's not yeah. the riders. Right. And I think people are wondering why that is. And I want to give a call back to the scene where Viserys spoke to a young Rhaenyra and told her in front of what you call that, the taxidermy statue of Balon. I think this was in the Sept, I think, where all the candles are. He said that Targaryens don't control dragons. It's an illusion. Right. It's almost like the dragons have a mind of their own. They just take suggestions from the Targaryens. But really, they are their own beast. You know, right. They will attack if they feel that they're being attacked. And they will obviously devour <laughs> dragons. So I guess we tend to forget as a watcher that we think that they're being controlled. But really, all that Valerian, that the writers say, is just suggestions. It's not even like they will obey you for sure. It's right. more of like, that's suggestive, really. <laughs> right. That's why I think that scene with Damon was really important. Because you see how respectful Damon is when he's approaching the dragon. Mm-hmm. He's being really slow when he mm-hmm. has the torch and he's kind mm-hmm. of singing a lullaby. Mm-hmm. And he like puts the torch down really slowly. He's fucking being careful because he knows that like we don't control these beasts, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like being in a circus and trying to tell a fucking tiger to jump through a hoop. Like, yeah. They could, thinking that they're going to get some food, but at any time, man, if they don't like what you're doing, your life is hanging in the balance, right? Yeah. Like, And I liked that, how, like, as badass as Damon is, like, Damon choked out the queen, man. I, we're reminded first how ruthless Damon can be when he mm-hmm. was choking Rhaenyra out. I was like, holy shit, you know? But at the same time, he's in front of a dragon and he's being super timid. All right, don't fuck me up here, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I think another good analogy to the dragons is like, 
if you guys watch the documentary on SeaWorld, like orcas and dolphins, mm-hmm. right? Oh my god. Like you Black, may think that you tra- blackfish, something blackfish, like that. Blackfish, yeah. yeah. You may think that you train them, they understand commands, but no. They're pissed at you. They're pissed at you, man. They're gonna kill right. you. <laughs> they right. are wild animal. I mean, mammals, right? So, what do you think about? I mean, there's so many scenes to cover, but I think the one that stood out for me is obviously the fact that a we found out that Damon doesn't know about the Song of Ice and Fire, and yeah. even when even when he was told, he kind of dismissed it and say, "Oh, this is one of my brother's omens and you know dreams," and he doesn't really believe that because he thinks that. It's not dreams that win people over. It's dragons. Yeah, there's some truth to that, obviously. But he doesn't know that the whole reason for the Targaryen being on the throne is to make sure that they prepare for the long winter that's mm-hmm. coming up in a few thousand or hundreds of years later. And then the other thing that I'm very fascinated about is how Rhaenys refuses to bend the knee. I saw that. And I we saw find, that. And we finally found out why she didn't Dracarys during Aegon's ascension to the throne. And I think it was, we kind of guessed it. It's not her war to start. She's not a kingslayer. Right. And at that point too, you have to think, this is a mom who thinks that she lost her son because of Rhaenyra. Right. So she still kind of hates her. Like she's suspicious of her. It's only after her husband comes to that they're like, okay, maybe we do need to support her cause because, you know, Driftmark, you know, is going to be inherited by one of our grandsons, right? Bastards or not. But, and our grandkids are betrothed to them. So we have something at stake here too. So I think that when Rainey's volunteered to fly Melis to like, you know, watch over the gullet, right? Because that's right. where the shipping route is or something. That's when you kind of know that, okay, maybe she is team black. She's team black. But as you said, she still didn't bend the knee. Mm-hmm. And that made me raise an eyebrow because they made it a point to show you that. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we get it. We get that she respects Rhaenyra and she's allied with her and stuff. But that made me raise an eyebrow and go, am I the only one seeing this? That wasn't a bad cue. She didn't just miss her cue, right? Yeah. I was just pretty she intentional. did that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's so many other aspects of the episode that I enjoy. Obviously, the fact that uh, when Otto Hightower came to Dragonstone, it's almost like carbon copy of what happened in during the first few episodes where he confronted Damon, mm-hmm. you know, when he was with Missera, right? With a dragon egg and then young Rhaenyra at that time flew in with Corexis and right is that the name of the dragon I think so flew in with her dragon and kind of tried to stop the conflict except this time it's her confronting Otto Hightower and I like that she took out the pin and threw it out yeah that was a very strong scene where she just walked right through her enemies essentially and just carry herself and like correct them about not being a princess anymore and right. wearing her dad's crown. So I thought that was a very powerful, uh, right. powerful scene. And even in that scene, Otto also, at least for me, if you kind of read between the lines or listen between the lines, whatever, when he's saying how Aegon became king, he's also kind of sideways acknowledging that like 
it doesn't matter that he's the rightful king. Hmm. He says it, right? He says, oh, he doesn't say he's the rightful king. He says he's wearing the conqueror's crown, holding the conqueror's sword. He was uh, put on the throne with everybody watching it. Yeah. Yeah, he says everything except that he's the rightful heir. You know what I mean? I'm like, you fucking know, man. You know that this was wrong. For me, that was important that he kind of beat around the bush. And he's basically telling Rhaenyra, in terms of optics, people believe that this is the true king. Yeah, he's more believable as a king. Right. You may be, but that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, but in his heart, he fucking knows this is all optics. And that's why he moved this quickly to do what he did and to have him be pronounced the king in front of the entire population or yeah the red keep yeah 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 right yeah. right yeah that was a very smart move right mm -hmm. the fact that he basically shuts down operation didn't let any of the lords leave the red keep you know basically forcing people to bend the knee or else you know mm -hmm. yeah that was a very smart move in this episode the other smart move that that team green made was to betroth Aemon to one of the Baratheons yeah. because the Baratheons which Rhaenyra thought was one of their stronger allies the ones that bent the knee when, or rather pledged their allegiance when her father announced her as his heir yeah they switched sides but also notice that this is not the same Baratheon that agreed to acknowledge Rhaenyra as the next heir this is like the brother or something because the previous right. king probably passed on and this particular king, funny enough, is illiterate. So that yeah, was the funny like, part. Where's the meister? <laughs> right the or meister. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think what they forgot to shoot, because I think this is more in the books from what I've been watching, all these like reviews and all, is that it's not that Eamon wanted to pursue Luke. Because I know Eamon was confrontational. But it's because the, his betrothed wife one of the Baratheon daughters, actually egg him on. Oh. Said, Did Luke steal your eyes or your balls as well? And that got wow. him super livid. And that's when he went and got on Bagar and chased after oh. Luke. So it was actually one of the Baratheons, in the books at least, one of the Baratheon girls that actually egg him on. Because I think Eamon wanted to drop it. And then you can tell too, like, Eamon wasn't really serious. He didn't intend to kill his own. Right. I think, I think he knows, he, he didn't want to tip the balance as well. He would, And maybe even his mom made him promise, right? I'm giving your hand in marriage to one of the Baratheons. You're not there to fight. <laughs> yeah. And he basically for, went against it. <laughs> for me, though, I, I, I prefer that they didn't go with the way the book went. Because if they went with the way the book went, like, as you said, it was that he was egged on to do it. I think it makes it more scary mm. that it was him that said, I want your eye and I'm going to give it to my mom as a gift. You know what I mean? Don't you fucking go. To me, I was like, yo, yo. everything I feared about Eamon was like right there, dude. I yeah. was like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And yeah, I get it. I get that it wasn't his intention to kill him. But to me, at least, I sensed this personal vendetta, vendetta. this, this yep. years of years of man this kid took my eye i felt it in that scene like you're not going anywhere you, they're holding him back and stuff like that you know if he was chill about it and then someone egged him on then it wasn't him it wasn't this burning desire yeah to get right. even yeah mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. because of that i felt like 
he was holding on to this yeah. for years and that he finally had a reason to do it. You know what I mean? Because if his brother is the king and stuff, he can go back and say, hey, you know what? They came and they tried to usurp, you know what I mean? Or whatever, right? Like He'd have an excuse. Yeah. And it just made that scene, for me at least, more scarier. The guy that I feared was there behind the patch showed himself yeah. <laughs> in that scene. Yeah, and I was literally. like, yo, this guy, you don't want to mess with this guy. Yeah. So Long, I think, what do you want to see in season two? Season two, I want to see what happens with Masaria. I like the scenes she was in, but I wish there was more to it this season. Mm -hmm. In season two, this is a long shot, but I want to see more of Rhaenyra and Allison, the conflict with their friendship. It was touching for me that Allison was like, no, Rhaenyra doesn't see this right? It sucks. Rhaenyra doesn't see the effort Alicent puts in. And that's, I think, part of what's really sad about their conflict is Alicent's like, I won't know. This is this is Viserys' daughter. He loves her. I won't have you guys do this. Mm -hmm. Like, he fights on their behalf, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to go to war with them. And Alicent is like, no, we're going to give them agreeable terms. You know what I mean? She's kind of fights for the friendship that she had. Yeah, which is why she gave the page. Yes, the yeah. page. And I was yeah, like... To remind her. That was that such a good, not really a plot twist, but a good way that like Otto was like, here. I knew it before she opened it. When Otto gave yeah. it, I knew it wasn't like a yeah, letter. A I was like, I bet that's the fucking book page when they were in the garden and times were better. Yeah. So that page actually holds a message. Mm. It does remind her of those times when they were good friends. But that page also is a message that Alison's trying to send to Rhaenyra is that the warrior Nymeria burned her ships in Dorne after they conquered Dorne. It's a sacrifice in power, basically. Mm, so right. it's like what she's trying to say is give up your need for the Iron Throne for the greater good of the kingdom is what she's trying to tell Rhaenyra. Right. Like, make that sacrifice like what Nymeria did in Dorne. It can be a duty. It can be of service to the realm. Yeah. And that's why Alison's right. about, right? Duty and being right. of service. And I guess she feels that she needs to carry on Viserys's legacy as well. Right. Let me ask you this. Who do you think will die next? <laughs> oh, man. I think right now... It's too early for me to tell. I feel, though, that Kristen Cole is a um, he's a loose cannon. And I think if anyone's going to die, it's because Kristen Cole is going to fucking lose his shit again. And he's just going to murder somebody. He's a scary dude now. Like he's over here. He doesn't think twice like a council member. That was just so again, I'm still going back to that scene because yeah, hey, <laughs> there was no punishment for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is the guy that claimed he was the oldest. He knew Viserys the longest. He was one of Viserys' closest in that entire chamber. And his life is snuffed out like that by Kristen Cole. Like, mm -hmm. this guy is a wild cannon. And I think if anyone's going to die, I think it's because Kristen Cole might be behind it. Mm. I don't know who it is yet, but... So Kristen Cole will become the Hand of the King after Otto... Uh, Lord Commander. No, he will become... According to the books, 
Oh, Allison said he's going to become Lord Commander. Of the he Night. is right now, right now. Oh, okay. But I think eventually he will have more power. Than so Otto? He and Otto, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but what they will do with him, either he'll pass on or he'll get killed. Oh, so you're saying Otto is the next to die. <laughs> It's basically I, what you're maybe maybe he's collateral <laughs> or maybe he's, mm. he'll die naturally who knows because he's old as well if you think about it so if you talk about like how this whole series have been going if there's a time jump then yeah maybe the next time jump we'll see is Otto is going to be like old and he won't be able to serve as the hand of king and he probably elect or maybe at the advisement of Ellison elects Kristen Cole as the hand of the king and if you think about it Kristen Cole and the combination of him and Aegon. Not good. Not good for the no. Seven Realms. <laughs> I think what's going to happen next in Season 2 is we saw that last shot of Rhaenyra looking into the camera. Mm -hmm. And it's she war. has lost a lot if you think right. about it. She has lost a lot. We haven't even talked about the scene where she gave birth. It's almost like a carbon copy of Daenerys' dragon birth. Yeah, that scaly, was you know, super scaly, powerful. Yeah, scaly baby, deformed or malformed, I think. So anyway, I think she will strike because she sees the death of her son as a strike towards her, right? Mm -hmm. It's the first blow from Team Green. So I think she will go after one of Aegon's kids with Helena. Oh. Yeah, either that because they might still have loyal City Watch people who knows the secret passageways in the castle in King's Landing. They might go after one of the younger kids. I think Aegon will still be around. I think the older Targaryens will still be around, but it's a life or a life at this point. So the gloves are off. Yeah. yeah. The gloves are off. People are also speculating that Rhaenys might be the next one to die because she's patrolling. That was the word I was trying to find. Patrolling the gullet. Maybe... At that point, King's Landing is not getting their supplies because Corlys and his fleets are stopping the flow of supplies to them, cutting off their essentials. Mm -hmm. And so maybe because of desperation, Aegon or Alicent sends Vagar and Aemon to go at Rhaenys. And then that's when you start a bigger war, right? With uh, Corlys and all the sea snakes. Right. Yeah, so it's a lot to look forward to in season two. I wish it could come sooner, but unfortunately, we'll have to wait for another year and a half at least. But yeah, overall, I think this is a really great series. I'm just sad that it's over. You know, good writing. I know people hate the pace. They feel that they cannot connect with some of the characters. But to me, I think it's just enough because we've gone through, what was it, eight seasons of Game of Thrones? And there were a lot of slow burns, a lot of characters that were underdeveloped, that were forgotten, a lot of plots that were just swept under the rug. I kind of prefer this. Like, if they want to keep things moving, maybe this is a realistic pace. Right. I didn't read the book, so I don't have a lot to compare to. But what we've been given in the amount of time, it's a lot to pack into one hour episodes over a mm -hmm. 10 episodes season. And I think what they're trying to accomplish here and in moving the story along and trying to tell the story that they're trying to tell, I think they're doing a really good job. I personally didn't have, I know there are complaints about it, but I didn't really have a problem with the pacing. For me, even the parts that don't have action has the politics, right? The politics 
are also like their own action sequences because these are the moves that are being planned and it's tied into the bigger picture so it's not like every scene is wasted right. every conversation is it's moving it along so yeah, it's like exactly it's part of it yeah a lot of callbacks all right lon any last words before we close our episode here i can't wait i can't wait this has been my favorite show i want to say this year i'm really really looking forward to season two it's just super interesting because i do like Alicent and I do like Rhaenyra and although I am team black it's only because there are certain people on team green that I really don't like but when mm -hmm. it comes down to Alicent for me at least she's still such a likable character so there's times I'm on the fence really but I can't stand Otto I can't stand Chris and Cole Larry's but strong. you know Laris is gross Laris. right <laughs> Laris foot fetish is strong Right. But it comes at the expense of Alicent again. Yeah. Right. I don't think people maybe give Alicent enough credit. I think she's villainized. She goes through a lot. She puts yeah. herself through a lot. And I can sympathize with that. She's you know, I like that. And vilified through association for sure. Yeah. But yeah. she herself is struggling with patriarchy and she's mm. working around her own, like what Rainey said, right? Like you're in a prison and you're just trying to make a window. Uh, yeah, what a it. great line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, last question before we really say goodbye here. If you're in the writing room for next season of House of Dragon and someone said, hey, Lon, who do you think should switch sides? Who would you want to switch over to Team Black? To Team Black? Yeah. And who would you want to switch over to Team Green? Ooh, uh... In less than 30 seconds. In less than 30 seconds. Let's close this off. Because this podcast is getting longer. Yeah, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. To me, that's such a big question. I would have to consider. I would have to consider that. I can't answer that without thinking about it. <laughs> For me, I thought about it, obviously, because I asked the question. But I would like to see Eamon switch sides. Because I think he's so similar to Damon. Maybe he and his own brother might get into some sort of conflict where he realized, okay, enough is enough. I'm for my family line. I'm a Targaryen. I'm going to go with my, I don't know what he is to Damon, I guess, uncle or whatever, and my half-sister, Rhaenyra. And I would like to see that. I don't know who will betray Team Black and move over to Team Green. But yeah, maybe, who knows, maybe Rhaenys might be still I on think Rhaenys could still be... She's still unsure. I think she's. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you once again for listening. We're a 90 Day Fiance podcast, but we cannot help it. But we love House of Dragons and Game of Thrones. So thank you for sticking around to listen to our banter and our review of this season one of House of Dragon. I just want to wish everyone a happy, I want to say it's the Native American Heritage Month. All right. If there's nothing else, be kind to one another and fuck Kanye. Fuck Kanye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, give us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can also find us under listener support on anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. 
You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. Don't forget to like, share, and follow the podcast.